gorgeous Georgian goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Thursday, ready to talk some MMA with you. Got a lot to talk about. News, results. That's right, the Contender Series now during the week. Got to talk about those. Maybe even do a little catch-up on the last two weeks. And, of course, there's fights coming up this weekend, including PFL Week 7, 2022. That's their playoffs. It's the beginning of their playoffs. Three-week run, Week 7, 8, 9. I think it's going to go New York, Wales, and then England. Pretty cool. And then, of course, the UFC, they got the fight night coming up this weekend with Jamal Hill and Thiago Santos and another great fight on the card as well, Vicente Luque and Jeff Neal. So we'll be right back to start the show. It's MMA Junkie Radio on a Thursday, August 4th. Let's get this out of the way, goes Dana White Contender Series. We've had two of these weeks, and I'm not so sure we talked too much about it last week. Last week was uneventful, I guess, in the sense that they only had four fights instead of five because one fell out. And of those four, three went to a decision, but those three just really got under the skin of Dana White, who I think is like rubbing his hands together. You know, it's like the it's the premiere. It's like opening night in baseball right so that's when you go out of your way i'm getting everything nachos hot dog beers cokes cracker jack everyone's got their shirts and pressed and pom-poms and you know finger foam fingers or whatever and that was him he invited his former partner in the ufc and uh, of course former co-owner uh lorenzo fertita and the thing just it didn't deliver the pfeiffer was their only winner last week and then this guy man he just was steamed when laura sanko was talking to him he almost gave the equivalent of do you want to be a fucking fighter that that whole spiel that he did on the ultimate fighter about 17 years ago this week was different five winners five contracts lots of action but going back to last week man what what did you think i think neither one really had an effect on the other um fighters want to go out there and perform and especially in that circumstance where you know if you don't, you're probably not getting a contract. In the UFC, it's different. You know, you can put that type of performance and you're still going to make your money, right? Like nothing's going to happen to you. Maybe you get a shitty matchup going forward, but you'll still get paid. In this particular instance, fighters know they got to perform if they want to move on. So I don't think uh, week two said, oh man, you saw what happened in week one. Now I'm going to bring it. I think they were going to bring it regardless. Week one, yeah, it kind of, it was just slow. It was really slow, and the fact that like uh, only really one guy performed, and and I don't know if you know, I don't know if you saw, but Dana kind of like treated that one guy pretty well. You know, gave him nice tickets to the pay per view and all that. Um, it just sucks that it was week one, like you said. Uh, if you go to a concert or something like that, tempo of things and and all that is so important. The songs that they choose when they when they choose to put them. Um, if you watch NBA or all that, like you're not going to see any scrub teams on Christmas Day, right? On some of these big days, I think that's what Dana thought was uh, the matchmakers 
probably thought they booked a good card for that week one to get viewers to want to watch week two. And it just didn't work out. That just happens, man. And I get it. But I get it. It's his show. It's Dana White's contender series. So he can throw a fit if he wants. And uh, but I don't really think it, it had an effect on on the following week. Well, you know, I like this passionate speech, and sometimes that speech can go a long way. And what I mean by that is I almost feel like that was a kick in the butt to those fighters. The next nine weeks of fighters, including last week, or sorry, last night, um, fighters that are going to be fighting on the fight night this week, maybe even employees at the at the headquarters. I don't know. I I, I enjoyed it in a way. Because I do think some of these guys and gals need to wake up um, and they need a swift kick in the rear like that. Like, I wish he would also catch himself and realize that, you know, he's human. He's made mistakes like, you know, like Brendan Lochnane obviously could be a huge star in the UFC right now. I don't think we'll ever forgive him for that one. And he got it wrong with uh, Kevin Holland as well. Who, yeah, he might have been talking and showing off or whatever, but the talent was there. Now, did he do enough? Because remember, this was week one of season one. Did he do enough, you know, for the format of the show? No, I could see that. He kind of put it in the cruise control, and I think that's what he was kind of saying was like, hey, light a fire under me, man. Like, I'm in my 50s now, and Mm -hmm. you saw I took a vacation on International Fight Week, so I'm nutty. I can check out at any moment. I'll check out your career. And this is your Super Bowl. So treat it like it's your Super Bowl. Like I'm uh, Commissioner Roger Gordell, Goodell, and I'm about to give you a big-ass trophy and change your life. So anyway, putting closure on last week, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, this week, like you said, goes, yep, we don't know. You know, to be fair, these five fighters may have fought their asses off anyway, but I still think there was a, a trickle effect because last night was dope. Think so? Well, Tuesday night was dope, not last night. Um, well... Yeah, I mean, I love finishes for starters and and uh, think so what? The action or his speech? His speech. I, I just feel like they were fucking motivated anyway. You know, that, that's their moment. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was three decisions in a row, a fight felling off. Maybe he was in a bad mood, but I thought last, I thought Tuesday night's action was... Yeah, yeah, I did see a, a level, a step up in, in um, enthusiasm, maybe, or energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but whatever. So here are the winners just to catch it up and then we'll put it to bed. So on week one, like goes said, yeah, he got treated like a star out in Dallas, Texas. Joseph Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer was his name. He beat Ozzy Diaz and he's a middleweight. So the middleweight's got a new contender. And then uh, the guys that won Anton Turkaj, Dennis Bazooka uh, and Alessandro Costa. And by the way, Bazooka, that's not his nickname. It's his real last name. They are just going to have to come back and give it another shot. It is week one. That's the good thing. And so maybe they'll get another shot if something falls off towards the end because 10 weeks is two and a half months. So week one and week 10 are literally two months and a week away. Yeah, it's It's happened before before. for sure. Hang around town is what I would tell those guys. Stay in shape. Go to the P.I., See if you can run into Dana White, look him in the eye and go, the minute someone falls off, call me. I'm telling you, there's ways that fighters can take control of their own careers without having to leave it in the hands of someone else. Stop being lazy. Tell them I'm hanging around town. I don't care if it's out of my pocket, but if you can put me up at the foul station, I won't hate you. And, and guess what? I'll be ready. 
You know, your speech inspired me. You got to do that, dude. It, 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 I'm telling you, it goes a long way. So last week's action, sorry, last Tuesday, Chris Duncan defeated Charlie Campbell. Benicio Salvador defeated Shannon Ross. Francis Marshall defeated Connor Matthews. Waldo Acosta, uh, Cortez Acosta defeated Danilo Suzart. And Billy Goff defeated Shimon uh, Smotritsky. So congratulations to all of them. They all got contracts. Benicia Salvador was a beast. I liked him the most. And then that Acosta kid that we interviewed that used to be a baseball player. And he looked like he's got, he's, there's room for improvement. But I've seen a lot of heavyweights come in and kind of look like that and then be able to turn things around and, and get better little by little. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm glad you brought him up because we interviewed him and he does seem like a fun guy to talk to. He's 7-0. and but if you think about it, goes. Remember when we saw Hamzy? I think that was his name, Hamdi or Hamzy, the Egyptian fighter. Oh yeah, yeah. This weekend, remember he was barrel chested and looked thick, and he looked like he could maybe be a little out of shape. Tell you what, though, when he threw hands, his shoulders, his wrists, his fists—they could pop, they could crank, boom, 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 boom. Whereas this guy last night, being the athlete that he was, I thought he was a little bit more lumbersome still. A lot of power behind the shots, but if he can improve his hand speed, um, that would be impressive. So never judge a book by its cover. Um, mm-hmm. They both got a lot of work to do, but both guys undefeated. And again, you look at them and you would think, oh, this guy's going to be way more of a terror. But, you know, shout out to both. They both won and, and they both have different skill sets. But, um, yeah, I, I don't I, I don't know. I thought he was a little I mean, don't you think he could improve a little bit? It seemed like he kind of lumbers around that size. Yeah. I don't know if he could benefit from maybe a 10-pound weight loss. Who knows? Remember like what Derek Lewis looked like when he first came in versus the improvements that he made. Even Greg Hardy, like remember Greg Hardy when he first started versus where he ended? Like mm-hmm. he'll get a little better, I, I think, but he he just seems to have more potential in my opinion. Yeah. Super nice guy. You know, all of our interviews are over at youtube.com forward slash MMA junkie video. A lot of the video franchises we've done over time, legend, the legend rankings report and the uh, spinning back click. You can catch all that at youtube.com forward slash MMA junkie video. Um, here's some news then. So let's start hitting some news. Conor McGregor is going to do, uh, I guess, an updated version of Roadhouse, the movie with Patrick Swayze. That was done about 30 years ago, like a remake, I guess they're calling it. Now, if you recall, they were going to attempt this with Ronda Rousey back in 2015, but no go. And so now they're going to try it with Conor McGregor and Jake. uh, Is it Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal? Gyllenhaal, I think. Gyllenhaal, yeah. Gyllenhaal is going to, I guess, be a former UFC fighter who is now bouncing down in the Florida Keys or something like that. And then what Conor McGregor's gonna, role is going to be, I don't know. But he signed on. What are your thoughts? Uh, these situations are always strange for me because I only really have uh, WWE to lean on. There's been some people from MMA, like a Jay Huron, right, that's had small roles and things that I actually really think he does a good job, and I like what he does. But the bigger roles usually come from WWE people. And my problem with that is, well, you know, I'll take that back. Quentin Rampage Jackson, right? He was in the A-team. 
when I watch that, all I can see is Quentin Rampage Jackson. I can never really see them as playing a part. When I watch uh, things with John Cena or The Rock, I just I just see John Cena and The Rock most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been a couple people that have that have been able to kind of maybe shed that a little bit. I saw a movie with CM Punk, a horror movie. I can't remember what it was called. I forgot he was CM Punk. He really just played the character. It, it was cool. So I don't know that a guy that I'm just so used to seeing as Conor McGregor, I don't know that I can watch that and say, that's not Conor McGregor. That's whoever the fuck he's playing. I'm just mm. going to feel like I'm watching Conor McGregor. So I don't know that, that those things kind of get a little weird for me. How about you? I hadn't thought of it until you brought it up, but yeah, I guess you could be right. Me watching these guys and gals, it'd be hard for me to go shut up. That ain't you or, or whatever. Um, maybe I, I don't know. That's a good one that you made me think here. I will say that when you brought up CM Punk, I didn't think of CM Punk as CM Punk on uh, Mayans. Now, he had a minor right. role. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. had a minor role. And so that was good. But I guess it'll be really one of those where I sit down in the movie theater and watch it. And maybe I'll, <laughs> maybe, I bet you you'll be in my head then. I'll probably be going, that damn goes, man. Now all I see is this fool is the Irish superstar that he is rather than if he's supposed to be the bad guy or the good guy or who knows what i I really hadn't thought of that but i think it's more like maybe because mcgregor has really been fighting less i guess whereas like if you're a pro wrestling fan this is probably the only counter i might have if you're a pro wrestling fan and you're a cena guy and or a rock guy whatever you tend to send see these guys every monday on raw or every Tuesday on SmackDown, or whatever night of the week they are on, plus all these pay-per-views are usually featured, and of course WWE does a great job on their socials. There is a difference between that and maybe our MMA stars that only kind of pop in twice a year. Sure, McGregor can be in the news just because he got a new yacht, you know, it's in the shape of a Lamborghini, or he slapped an old man, or this or that, but... um. Maybe because, like, like, like I say, if they're not in front of you every week, same thing, you know. Now I'm in, I'm in Miami. What's going on, you know? And same thing with Stone Cold, and there's something to that repetition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the weird thing is, I imagine if I'm one of these companies, the reason you're bringing Conor McGregor on is because you want to get his audience right. So you want him to kind of look like Conor McGregor. But at the same time, you kind of don't want him to look like Conor McGregor. You want him to be a character so that the movie can succeed. Right. So it's such a thin line. I, I don't know. It's tough. Like The Rock in every movie, I think The Rock is a good actor, but his look never changes. Right. right. He always looks like The Rock. Right. A big buff dude wearing a tight shirt, same haircut. Like he doesn't even grow a goatee or a mustache or something like that. So I always see The Rock when I when right. I look. And that's what he was every Monday. And I think the line, the exact line used to be, finally, The Rock is back in Miami. Finally, The Rock is back in Seattle and this and that or whatever. But it was just like a plug and play. MMA fighters do do a good job of sometimes looking completely different. You know, like a Marlon Vera will sometimes have like long hair and a goatee. You know, other times he'll be shaved. Um so there are a few that can change it. And if you haven't seen him in a while, it's it's something completely different. Batista, I think, is a good actor. 
he's done different roles where you don't feel like you're looking at Batista every time. Uh, he changes a little bit. And I like that. There's even some movies where he kind of comes off as an older guy and you know, he's wearing the glasses and stuff like that. Like, so I, that that's probably a good example for me of movies that I enjoy where, well, with one of those actors, I would love for McGregor to be a bad guy and shake the accent and, and folks, anyone that thinks I'm crazy, perhaps, right. Maybe he is going to be an Irish bad guy or who knows what, but Jack's teller on, um, Sons of Anarchy is really obviously Charlie Hunnam. I think I'm saying his name right. Who is British. And you never really got that accent unless you really have a fine ear. You know, I'm sure he messed up maybe once or twice per episode. But for the most part, he did a good job of shedding whatever you knew about him being from the UK. I think, you know, who else is like that is, um, I believe, on Mayans, um the white girl i forget her name i think she's british as well or irish well i mean look at uh yellowstone right like yellowstone yeah same thing so many actors on that where when you hear them <laughs> speaking real life you're going what the hell now mcgregor you know maybe you can put him in a suit shake the accent and just have him be a white collar bad guy kind of like i think was was his name gus on breaking bad something where you just didn't expect you know what i mean mm-hmm. um or sure, I guess. Hey, he's tatted up. He's wearing, you know, whatever bad guy attire he's got on, and he's got the accent. <laughs> sure, you can do that too. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I wish him the best of luck. He's always told us he really could care less about TV and music and anything else. He fights. He fights. He fights. It's ingrained in his DNA. But that was ten years ago. He told us that. So who knows? Maybe they offered him a lot of money that he couldn't turn away and. And he'll do it. But this will require him to be on set for about two or three months. And it just seems like it's hard to handcuff him anything. You know what I mean? He likes, I think, just doing stuff on a whim. Um, and that's why it's hard to believe that he'll ever be a world champion again. Because that drive and hunger just doesn't appear to be there for, for what it takes to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that's that's going on. How about Colby Covington? He took seventh place in a poker tournament that had thousands of entrants right they each paid 400 bucks was the buy-in and he made it to the final table finished in seventh place walked home with about forty-eight thousand and change i'm just rounding up to 50k and um it's pretty impressive that he outlasted thousands to get to that it's too bad that that only netted him 50 g's it would have been nice if it would have netted him you know uh, like if you would have finished in first and and won the grand prize, which was probably would have been seven figures, but either way, I didn't know he had that in him. I didn't know that he was that good of a poker player. I certainly don't know if that's his future. Maybe it is. I don't even know what's going on in one month. Apparently, him and Masvidal have to go into court, and I guess that whole case is gonna uh, start to you know shape take shape or whatever to see in what direction they're headed. Mm-hmm. But obviously. Covington, he's coming off a huge win over his former rival and teammate, and he's a clear number two at welterweight. I'd hate for him to just get passed up by the others. Um, Maybe I think what he's waiting to see is if Leon Edwards wins, well, then that opens things up, right? But as long as Kamara wins, he's got a tough tough task ahead of him. However, it's not impossible. At Max Holloway earned a a third shot, so you never know. Right. Um, And see, so the thing with Colby, 
I, it doesn't surprise me one bit because um, everything that dude ever does, he just really immerses himself in it. So if I found out he's playing poker, I know he's not doing it half ass. Like I know he's really, really invested in it. So when I saw that, I was like, good for him, man. That's pretty cool. You know, to, that's that's not easy to do to be successful in multiple things and to to get that far in a big tournament like that. You got to start somewhere, man. That seems pretty good for me. Yeah, and that takes days to get through thousands. Discipline, too. Yes, long days, man. The poker, the brick-and-mortar game, when you're in person, takes a lot of patience. If you do that and then you go to the Internet and play, you'll do okay because you have that type of patience. I used to play on the Internet, and when I would go and sit down, oh, my God, it was like torture because on the Internet I could do three or four screens at one time super, super fast. It didn't matter if I thought he was bluffing or not. I had to basically use math and maybe see how that person may have played prior, you know, but it's all moving so fast. You really couldn't remember or take notes on, on other players. You can go, Oh, the guy in the red hoodie, the guy with this accent, the guy with, you know, that's 400 pounds. I mean, there's none of that. So I, I did win a tournament once that was not a thousand people, but it was in, it was in the high hundreds. It took me about seven hours. I was in Brazil and and um but it's way faster on the internet and then in person i did one that was it paid 9900 at the palms and that's when i went and blew 3000 of it on on the the nightclub that everyone makes fun of me ice i think you've heard straw back in the day and caesar and and yeah. ralph tiesto and deep dish um yeah one third of it went to that so uh it's 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 definitely not easy. This must have been multiple days to do it. And I'm more impressed with what he did than definitely what I did because even though he didn't win it, that's still a lot of poker against a lot of great players. Mine was more of a I could tell it was more touristy type players. Mm-hmm. Um it was it was cool, you know. Um and then as far as the internet, who knows who you're playing against in there. Right. But shout out to him. And I, I think I'd, I'd still like to see him get back to fighting, but first the case, then I think the Edwards Usman uh, result, and then after that, I'm sure he'll figure out what might be next for him. Probably Hamzad if he just blows up on Nate Diaz. I, I gotta imagine he 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 gets the winner of Edwards versus Usman, but 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 still, like I say, there's there's no more clear number two in any division than Colby Covington. Um. Here's some news, and it's not even going to be shocking. Alexa Grasso is out of her fight. Aspen Ladd is out of her fight. They were both going to be on the same card, if I'm not mistaken. Ladd was going to be facing Sarah McMahon. Grasso was going to be facing Vivian Araujo. Grasso, I had read about two pullouts ago that she's the fighter that pulls out the most in the UFC. Now, this time, it's not due to injury. It's due to a visa. Bro, how tough can it be for a Mexican fighter to have this problem i mean like they're in and out you know like as far as like if you're a professional that's working and and has been doing this before we're talking like slam dunk we have a relationship with mexico yeah it's tougher for someone who is trying to get in you know obviously if that's a whole other conversation through through other means right but alexa grasso is an established fighter who's gone back and forth at invicta the ufc how this tripped her up kind of like and especially when you got the ufc's backing Oh my God! Someone must have really, really dropped the ball there, and it's disappointing because when you tie, when you put those along with the times it's happened to injury, 
I mean, her career just it can never really surge, and she's on a three fight win streak at flyweight. But I think she could be even a she could be further along, is what I'm trying to say. You know, as far as Aspen Ladd, uh, hers has been more because of injuries, and it's unfortunate because I think she started off undefeated, but she's lost three of her last four. Yeah, that's an unfortunate situation. I, I you're right. Somebody had to have dropped the ball because if I'm putting all that together. That's probably one of the first questions I ask is like, what is, what is, what is the scenario? What is going on? What is the update on you being able to even come in here before I even book that fight? So that's a, a damn shame that that happened, especially to her. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it right here right now. Right. And Alexa Grasso literally has fought her last three fights in the United States. Two in Vegas, one in Ohio. This one's in San Diego, by the way, the one that got canceled. She did have one fight in Mexico City against Carla Sparza. No problems there. But then Chicago, Mexico City. Oh, sorry. Uh, Chicago, Houston, Kansas City, Los Angeles, Houston, Kansas City. I mean, dude, that's 10 times. Like, mm -hmm. what the heck could happen? You know, is there something that when she was a kid, she got in some trouble, I guess, and, and it, it winds up. <laughs> Every, you know, every once in a while when she's got to update the pasaporte, maybe, you know, she's got to go through extra paperwork. I don't know, man, but this is just so confusing to me. Yeah, it can't. I mean, it can't be because she just came in uh, three other times, right? Like, uh, you're right. It doesn't make sense. And if I'm the UFC, man, the next time I go to Mexico and you're talking to that that tourist board or whatever, I think you, you, you mentioned some of these things, right? Like, hey, I don't ever want to go through this bullshit again. We're bringing right. a lot of money here. Yeah. Now, I don't know what's going to happen if they're just going to preserve the fights and put them on a few. I'm pretty sure they can fix this damn thing because I'm, I'm, I I doubt that I'm right in terms of like she's got, you know, some sort of legal problems that will prevent her from getting back in here ever again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just it's just ridiculous at this point. Um, as far as Aspen Ladd. We obviously wish her the best, but yeah, I mean that. I I don't know the details as as to why they did. I think hers may have been COVID, so it's just bad luck, maybe. But she's she can recover. Last last couple of years, huh? She's had a rough last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the knee injuries for sure. Um, now COVID, so that one's just bad timing. This this card that would have been nice to have those those both of those matchups, both of these ladies matchups on this card in san diego uh a quick update this one has bruno silva against gerald Mearshirt, angela hill against lupita godinez cynthia calvillo against nina nunez the wife of amanda nunez and uh, of course the main event is solid dominic cruz versus marlon vera ode osborne against tyson nams on the card it's not bad you know it's not jacked and stacked i mean this weekend's is this weekend's a fight night and you could argue that Vera versus Cruz is on par with Jamal Hill versus Thiago Santos, but this one's got Vicente Luque and Jeff Neal. I don't see a Vicente Luque and Jeff Neal on the San Diego card. True. Yeah. Um, some other news here in, uh, over at Bellator. They just talked about a card in early October that, um, you know, that's the lazy way to say it is early October. I'm going to look it up real fast. But this is the matchups that, that they've come up with. Patricio Pitbull Frady is going to defend his Bellator 
featherweight title against Adam Borix. Now, that's a solid matchup. Borix has earned his way through. He may not be a household name, but you can't dispute the results. He's got a great record, and he's a fun fighter to watch. So that's solid. Now, could they have run back McKee versus Pitbull? Maybe, but they might be also be letting that simmer. So what they're going to do is they're going to give McKee Spike Carlisle. A lot of you remember the Alpha Ginger when he fought in the UFC. He's gone 5-0 and since getting cut, I believe. And now he gets um, A.J. McKee on the same card as Patricio Pitbull versus Adam Borix. Could they have gone A.J. McKee versus Patricio Pitbull right away? Again, I think they could have maybe, but maybe, like I say, they're just letting it simmer. And if they both win, they have a call out. They have a moment in the in the ten side in the belt or cage or whatever. And and, you know, maybe, maybe they promote a bigger fight. But it looks like it's going to be on Saturday, October 1st. You know, that's unfortunate i wanted to see that rematch i think because of the controversy uh you could have done it i understand though bellator did the right thing i think in the sense of adam borch is next uh let's do him like aj said i'm not gonna stick around and make 145 kill myself to make 145 if it's not for a title so i understand why he's taken uh 155 but i would like that to eventually get done and i'd like to see it at 145 so we'll see what the future holds for aj mckee yeah, and you're right, and that is my bad. I didn't mention that he's debuting at 55, so he's not done with 45, but it has to be a big fight. But, yeah, he's going to try and see what's up at 55. There's another pit bull at 55, Patricky pit bulls at 55. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Now, at the same time, I think he's got – I think he told us when he was champ that he still had, like, three fights to play out before he became a free agent if he were to move. Now, did some of the luster fall off once he was no longer undefeated and no longer champ? Perhaps, because if you recall, we used to think, hmm, I wonder what McKee Volkanovsky would look like. But after Volkanovsky's last two defenses and McKee's loss, we're not saying, hmm, I wonder what the fight would look like. I mean, we'd still love to watch it, and McKee could possibly win. But boy, has Volkanovsky made one statement, one hell of a statement these last six months. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right, here's some injuries updates, right? We have Anthony Smith who told the the crew, who are his homies, DC, Joe Rogan, John Anik, I broke my ankle. And then in the telecast, they were a couple of them were saying, I think he said he broke his leg. We, you know, none of us knew, but we knew he had a lower leg injury. And so then he gets to the back, and Dana White said, no break. Well, Dana White went out of his way to clarify that after, you know, the dust settling and, and – doctor notices and everything there is a break so we wish anthony smith the best um he's obviously gonna have to have a surgery but you know when you are saying something in the cage and then the president of your company says otherwise there are gonna be some people and some doubters that are gonna say oh he was looking for a way out i don't think he had reached that point yet ankle was starting to turn it on but that fight was nowhere near over so I don't know what would have happened. I wish I could have seen the result of what would have happened. And if Uncle I would have won, I would have been the first one to go, man, you're the beast that everyone said you were. But we didn't get that. So anyway, Uncle I, I'm sure we'll have a big fight coming up. Maybe they'll lock up sometime in the future. But for now, Smith, injury, and uh, that's that. He, he came in with the three-fight win streak. Losing Uncle I isn't going to hurt his stock too bad. We have another injury update as well, Tom Aspinall. So remember, obviously, when he was stepping back after throwing a kick at Curtis Blades, he hurt his knee. Well, it looks like he's got um, torn MCL 
and meniscus, so he'll need to have surgery there. In fact, both of them may have already had it or they're about to have it, but two big names in the sport, you know, um, and two big injuries. And so there's your updates. Anthony Smith, anybody that tries to even say he's looking for a way out, you don't know Anthony Smith and you don't know what you're talking about. That dude would fight with one eye, man. He's crazy. Uh, so I don't buy that at all. But, you know, it's unfortunate what happened to him all it, Everything surrounding that fight, uh, it was hard not to root for him, really, with uh, the loss of his mother, that being his first fight without her. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tom Aspinall, you know, it's unfortunate that that happened in a main event the way it did. You know, not much of the fight even really played out. So hopefully the dude gets healthy and gets back to a absolutely insane in, uh, division right now. Yeah. I mean, once you've been in there with John Jones, right, um, you've kind of... That's like that. That's like being a torn, a twister, a tornado, tornado chaser. That's an F five, John Jones. And once you've kind of been in the in the presence of an F five or or whatever, or in the eye of the needle or whatever it's called of a hurricane, then yeah, after that, maybe Ankaliyev one day will will realize he's an F five. He's probably an F three or an F four. So yeah, as far as being scared or intimidated, no, it ain't gonna get worse than John Jones, but. Like I say, I, I wanted to see how that fight would have played out, played played out, and and we didn't get that moment. We we kind of already complained about that on the last show. We were talking about that fight, and then Pantoja chokes out Perez. Ah, ah, ah. You know, we thought that one was because you know the flyweights they can go forever, and it went so quick. And Perez hadn't fought in eighteen months, so we wanted to see what what's going on with him. We didn't get to see much. Kudos to Pantoja for handling his business. And then the third fight was that quick stoppage with Pavlovich and, and Derek Lewis, where we were like, oh, these guys are going to slang and bang, slang and bang. And um, it was only one-sided banging going on. So we were talking more about this, the, the controversial stoppage than anything until we finally got to Mar- you know, Marino and Kaikara, France, where we finally were like, okay, you know, I'm getting some of that 75 bucks back. Hey, by the way, uh, bringing up Brandon Marino, for those of you who speak Spanish, there's a guy on YouTube called the scorpion he did an interview with brandon moreno in mexico city where he hung out with him for a couple days whatever and i don't know what how to describe him in english uh he's just very sarcastic you know and he gives zero shits who he's interviewed like the celebrity of who he's interviewing so he talks to him like he would be like one of his buddies right so he'll come at him and crack jokes he even slapped brandon one time which was kind of funny but he popped up again at UFC 277 as, as media credential. And he did a video. Uh, this guy really knows not very much at all about MMA. So he's walking around and he's running into, like he ran into Mike Tyson. He ran into Dana White. He gets to interview him. Uh, he, inter- he talks to them both. He talked to Michael Morales. Uh, they played a game with Julian Marquez, but then he spends time with Brandon Moreno. And if you speak Spanish, I would, watch that because it's kind of funny man just the stupid shit that he tells him is really 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 funny yeah i've seen it and it is funny especially again if you know some spanish or spanglish or english is your or spanish is your second language you did two years in high school and can kind of pick up on a few things or whatever the neighbors are funny i hear them all the time i've, I've been able to put two and two together yeah it's it's worth it he that dude is funny some of I'll it's give, like just I'll give it up for him it's like old school humor. So when he's interviewing Michael Morales, I think he tells him something like, 
Hey, didn't you say Brandon Moreno's a chump or something like that? So Morales right away goes, oh, I didn't say that. He goes, ah, you said it. You know, like just stupid shit like that. But mm-hmm. it's funny to see fighters react to him and all that. It's fun. And he wears a luchador mask, so you don't get to see what he looks like. Yeah, I hear you. Um, all right. Well, let's finish with this. Um, this weekend, we have PFL. And Friday on ESPN. It's big, man. MMA is big on ESPN this weekend. So Friday, PFL, week seven. It's the first week of the playoffs. It's headlined by Anthony Smith and Stevie Ray. It's, they're basically running it back. They just fought five weeks ago at the end of June. Stevie Ray got an inverted twister on Anthony Pettis. Did I say Anthony Smith? Anthony Pettis. And so Anthony Pettis is looking for revenge. Anthony Smith is still going in. Sorry, Pettis is still going in with uh, as the number one ranked guy in lightweight. Remember, he had a disappointing 2021 campaign, but this year he came out you know, with a banger. First round stoppage in his first fight. So he had a six points. Playoff spot was locked up. Then he went in against Stevie Ray, and he told us he felt like maybe that gave him too much confidence, and therefore he just he, all he had, all he needed was a little lapse moment. And Stevie Ray took advantage. He says that ain't gonna happen this time. So it's a nice little running it back there for them in the main event, 7 p.m. Eastern start time on ESPN for that main card. Check it out: lightweights and light heavyweights. Then on Saturday, it's a late night deal with. UFC. So they've been doing some 8 a.m. startups, not just the London show, but even uh, a few weeks ago, I don't know if it was a Vegas show or, or or where they were, but they they had an early start one here in the United States. And um, this one, the main card starts at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. The prelims start at 7 Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. So you can kind of do all your stuff during the day on Saturday and then end the night with a bunch of fights and a Solid co-main with Jeff Neal and Vicente Luque. Solid uh, light heavyweight with Jamal Hill and Thiago Santos. Jamal Hill, by the way, saying he thinks he's the most successful Dana White contender series alumni out there. Uh, We'll talk about that in a second. But any thoughts on PFL and the fight night? Well, I love the storyline behind PFL. That alone makes it must-watch TV. You got to watch that. So I'm totally down with that. I've been kind of getting used to these early UFC cards. I know. I like them, man. I really like them a little early, um, and I'm a West Coast guy, right? I can't imagine what how how much better that is for East Coasters, but I kind of like it early. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting comment. I'd, I'd like to talk about that. Okay, so what I have here goes is pretty much all of the alumni from Dana White Contender Series. So I'm going to run through some names because I think a lot of people really need to appreciate how successful this series has been. And I remember saying a long time ago, give me this all day over the Ultimate Fighter. The Ultimate Fighter had its course, its run. It was brilliant. But 30, 30 seasons in, come on. It's like it's like real world. You know what I mean? Like you watch the first couple and you're like, oh, my God, they're crazy. Night one. Holy cow. Who's going to make it through? And then, I, you know, by, by week eight, even though they're going to these exotic locations, kudos to MTV, you know, for trying to keep it fresh. But, eh, you know, you kind of knew how it would it would start to turn out and same thing with the ultimate fighter kind of the same pranks and the same story someone's homesick someone's got a boo-boo wants to go home you know what i mean someone's missing weight and you know either the coaches are were into it or not that's why this season i wish the coaches would have got into it maybe it would have kept me in there i went through eight episodes i didn't make it till the end by the way this weekend i guess is kind of like the uh the tough finale, which if you'll notice, this is a fight night. It's not even a tough finale. The tough finale is within the fight night itself. 
Mm-hmm. So even I think even the UFC's kind of checked out. Heck, Dana White wasn't even there as a master of ceremonies, pretty much. Yeah, he played a part in you know the the semifinals and and mixing things up there. But for the most part, he said, "Hey, Forrest, you take it. I'm on vacation again." <laughs> but here's Dana White contender series goes. Look at season one: Kurt Holabaugh, Boston Salmon, Sean O'Malley, Carl Roberson, Jeff Neal, Julian Marquez, Brandon Davis, Mike Rodriguez. Alex Perez, Charles Bird, Grant Dawson, Benito Lopez, Joby Sanchez, Matt Fravola, I'll never forget that one, uh, Lauren Mueller, and Alan Crowder. That's not a bad set of alumni, right, from season one? I mean, a lot of those have really started like to make their way through different divisions. That's solid. Yeah, and so the one name that stands out that might go, hey, 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 hang on a second, Jamal Hill. What about me? You got to think Sean O'Malley. He's got Peter Yan coming up at UFC 280 in uh, Abu Dhabi. Aside from that, he's done really well for himself outside of the octagon. So he gets paid in that regard. He's super popular. He has the win-loss record to match Jamal Hill. He might have an argument. It's a three-horse race. It's those two, and I think you got to throw Adrian Yanez in there. Um, But he's the one that tweeted what define success right yeah uh, and i think he was trying to throw throw the money aspect too that type of success. right right and so yeah if you if you look at it that way then yeah sean o'malley's probably the guy mm. but if you look at it as far as what's been done in the cage the guys that jamal hill has faced um you know exactly what you have with that fighter and you feel like he's getting better and you know he's gonna be headlining a card Right, which is something I don't think Sean O'Malley has done. So it just depends on how you look at success. And Alex Perez could say, well, yeah, um, I was a title contender. I was a title challenger. He challenged Davison Figueredo about a year and a half ago. That was the last fight he had before he got submitted by Alexander Pantoja, right? And if you recall, he lost to Davison Figueredo. Brandon Marino, I think, dispatched Brandon Royville. And then three weeks later, remember the USC goes, hey, can you two fill in and do a title fight? And both of those guys fought each other. That's the one that wound up being a draw. So Perez could say, hey, as far as like getting further in my division, I've already at least competed for the title. Now, that said, his division is a lot more shallow than O'Malley's Bantamweight division or Jamal Hill's light heavyweight division. Although the light heavyweight division, I guess, isn't isn't as deep as... uh, as it seems there's a lot of studs over at bellator now true here's season two alonzo menafield greg hardy matt sales anthony hernandez that's the the fluffy guy not not alexander the great from san antonio um ryan span dwight grant antonina shevchenko bavon lewis jordan espinoza macy barber domingo Pilarte, edmund shabazian jimmy crute Sodiq Youssef, Jeff Hughes, Roosevelt Roberts, Ian Heinsch, Jordan Griffin, Juan Adams, Devontae Smith, Kennedy and Chuck Wu, and Bobby Moffitt. Solid names, but I don't know that any of them can rival the ones we've mentioned so far, right? Would you agree? No, they're not. I'm, they're good names, but they are they don't stand out over the ones we've mentioned. Now, here's the Brazilian version. Rogério Bontorin. Myra Bueno Silva, um, Augusto Sakai, Talia Santos, Johnny Walker, Marina Rodriguez is making some noise. She might say, 
you know, if it wasn't for that little foursome at the top of Andrade, Rose, Joanna, and and Zhang Wei Li, mm-hmm. I, you know, I might have a say in this, right? Yeah. Holly and Paiva, Vinicius Morea, Luana Carolina, Diago Moises. Solid, solid contribution contributors to the UFC roster. Let's keep Marina Rodriguez's name out there. Sees, uh, do you have a reaction or, or should we continue? Uh, still not up to that level. I think. Well, yeah, Rodriguez, solid man. Yeah, like right below, I think the tier below. Puna Haley Soriano, Jorgen De Castro, Miles Johns, Miguel Baeza. He's not bad. Joe Selecki, Antonio Tricoli, Hunter Azur, Mackie Patolo, Jonathan Pierce, Antonio Arroyo, Ode Osborne, Dontel Mays, uh, Brendan Allen, solid, Sean Woodson, Jamal Hill, Billy Quarantillo, not Quarantillo, Alexa Kamer, Alon Cruz, Tracy Cortez, Rodrigo Nascimento, Omar Morales, Herbert Burns, Andre Muniz is tough. Brock Weaver, Sarah Alpar, Tony Gravely, Philip Rowe, uh, Dusko Todorovic, Peter Bar- Barrett, and TJ Brown. Man, we still have like two years after this, right? I can't I believe that's long. I'm telling you, man, this is nuts. Like Tracy Cortez, she's ranked in her division. Um, uh, Brendan Allen is is a good fighter. Andre Muniz is a good fighter. Miguel Baeza, like there, there's Punahole Soriano. I know he just came off two losses, but he's probably like four and two, and he's icing people. So mm-hmm. um, this is just fun. So I'll just finish it out. But yeah, I think I think it's gonna be tough to top the the ones we've mentioned. Um, Dustin Jacoby, who by the way was in the UFC before, but he came back. Uros Medic, Jordan Levitt, Dustin Stolfus. Adrian Yanez, TJ Laramie, Cody McKenna, Impa Kasangane, uh, Luis Koshi, Cheyenne Velismas. Where's she been, by the way? She just signed a fight. Okay, good. Because I think I, I think she could do well. You know, like right now is the time to make a move. Andrade seems to have flirted a little bit with flyweight. Joanna uh, retired, so now might be the time for the Rodriguez's, Mackenzie Derns, the others to. Stake their claim. All right, Jamie Pickett, Rafael Alves. Rafael Alves, excuse me. He just had a really good fight this past weekend against Dober. Jeff Molina, Josh Parisian, Orion Kose, Colin Huckbody, Jimmy Flick, Ronnie Lawrence, William Knight, Phil Haas, Draco Rodriguez, Tafan, uh, and Chuck Wheat, Alias Cobb, Kiz, uh, Kizriev. Jordan Williams, Colin Anglin, Danielle Wolf, Carlos Alberg. That's the guy that comes out of city kickboxing. Uh, Ignacio Bahamundas, Luis Saldana, Jared Vandana, Natan Levy, Nicholas Mata, Luana Pinero, JP Bay, Gloria DePaula, Tucker Lutz, and Victoria Leonardo. That was season four, dude. Hmm. I'm not even going to mention the others because they're just, they haven't, I mean, they're winners. Yeah, cheat like Chidi and Jaquani, for example. He's, he's part of season five. But um, I don't think they can match where Hill and and O'Malley and Rodriguez and Yanez and some of the others are. So it's pretty interesting to see 
how a lot of these, uh, how this show has been successful in that regard, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at how deep these cards are, it's because of fighters like that. Yeah. So, like, are you still interested in the Ultimate Fighter? Or is, does this seem like more more of your palette right here? Well, I'm not really interested mostly in the in the Ultimate Fighter because of the fights. I never really have, uh, except for early on. It's really the coach dynamic that always uh, gets me interested. And because this season was just lacking in that, it was tougher for me to watch. Uh, Ortega and Volkanovski was fun. You know, they went at each other. And there were some decent fighters that came out of there. But uh, mostly the coach interactions will get to me. I just thought of something crazy. You want to hear it? Sure. And I agree with what you're saying. The coaches need to bring it. Otherwise, yeah. What if the UFC were to tell Bellator and PFL, we're going to write you each a check for, I don't know, $5 million. You're going to give us, Bellator, all your featherweights? Do away with that division? And PFL, stop it already with the women's lightweight. You're going to give us all of them? Go install, reinstall middleweight or whatever, or, or go to bantamweight. And now we're going to grab those 55ers, who most of them are 35ers or 45ers anyway, along with Kayla Harrison. I don't even know if Kayla would do it. Along with Bellator and, and the ladies they have, we're going to put you in the house, 16 of you. The winner gets a shot at Amanda Nunes. And now we have, you know, since all of you are kind of established, you're going to have contracts anyway, but we're still going to stick you in the house. Something like that, you might get my interest in saving 45 and giving me another season of the ultimate fighter who the coaches would be i have no idea but something like crazy would kind of get me to pay attention like they did something like this with women's straw weight they did something with this with women's flyweight they did something like this with the men's flyweight uh of course there's the comeback season with matt sarah but um i think they could kind of kill two birds with one stone am i crazy coach well, yeah, but, but the steal of all that would be that Bellator featherweight division. That would be mm. fun. Mm -hmm. and if you could almost uh, just say, I'll write you a separate check for Kayla, but give me your both PFL and Bellator featherweights, you'd have a hell of a house there. Yeah. I think you could come up with 16 solid fighters that would commit their futures to being 45ers, you know, once you sign this contract, we're going to pay you what you're making, 80 and 80 or whatever. We're not doing the the six-figure contract or, or, or none of that stuff. This one's going to be different, but you're going to commit to whoever, you know, comes out to three fights. Uh, if you go on three, obviously, at that point, we might part ways with you. Or if you gave us help, you know, some great fights, then maybe you stick around. I don't know, but we're going to treat you like the established professionals that you are. But we, we can't have you slipping down to... Um, Bantamweight. If you recall, Macy Chasson defeated Pani Kianzad, and they're both Bantamweights. I think Macy's gone up maybe once or something like that, but, you know, like, it, it just hasn't worked out. Right. By the way, just because I just remembered this when we were talking about fighters falling out of their fights, Austin Vanderfort has a new opponent now. Oh, does he? Yeah, Adams fell out of his fight. Okay. Um, if anyone's like, hey, give us the names already, GG. I, I don't remember them all. Here. Here are some of the top names at, at Featherweight, all right? So Amanda Nunez, obviously, she wouldn't be in the house. 
Chris Cyborg, she wouldn't be in the house. And I doubt Kayla Harrison would be in the house as well. Um, maybe Cyborg and Kayla Harrison would coach. Uh, the winner gets Nunez, and then the winner gets the winner of Nunez versus the winner of Cyborg, Kayla Harrison. I don't know. Julia Budd, Arlene Blanco, Megan Anderson, Kat Zinganu, Pat Sorensen, uh, Talita Noguera, Leslie Smith, Sinead Cavanaugh, Leah McCourt, Macy Chasson, Norma Dumont, Diana Silva, Olga Rubin, Larissa Pacheco. You know, that's not the end of the world. My bad. That's investing in your division and telling us you're serious about keeping it. Otherwise, get rid of the, the, the damn thing, dude. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, you're right. If it's not producing, what, what's the point? What is really the point? Yeah. Um. All right, folks, we're going to get on out of here. So thank you so much for, as always, your support. Uh, sorry, goes. Did you have anything else you wanted to cover, or did we touch at all? Uh, Any late news break or I, anything? I think that's about it. Yeah. 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 So we just basically got to get to these uh, these fights this weekend. The PFL three week run of playoffs, and then you got the UFC fight nights coming up. The Apex one that I keep mentioning, Hill versus Santos. Next week we got Cruz versus Vera down in San Diego, and then. Uh, Back to a pay-per-view, Salt Lake City. Usman versus uh, Leon Edwards is your main event there. So that should be solid. I mean, Usman's arguably the pound-for-pound number one fighter in the world. And Leon Edwards has definitely earned a shot. He hasn't lost since he lost to Usman before Usman was champ. I think he's won like eight or nine in a row, including the win over Nate Diaz last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, your co-main event's pretty good. Please stay intact. Luke Rockhold versus Paulo Costa. How about this feature bout? Jose Aldo versus Marab Davilashvili. That's money. Alex Ronda Romanoff, the undefeated heavyweight, takes on Marcin Tabora, tried and, and tested for sure. And then the light heavyweight division, that's your opening bout. Harry Hansucker against Tyson Pedro. Eh, to me, it's a little bit of a drop-off you know, from those other four. Um, but who knows? Maybe they'll deliver. I hey. would have put DeAndre Santos versus Jared Gordon as as the opener there, but go ahead. Costa looks like a big boy still, dude. A really big boy. Really? Yeah, have you seen video of him? No. So is he going to start negotiating? Ah, can we do it at 205? I don't know, man. He looks big to me. He's playing with fire. He's going to get cut. I'm telling you. Between that dud of a title fight, these weight misses, the inactivity... What the UFC does not need is just, I guess, uh, dead space. Sucks, man, because we met him once in the studio, and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. Spoke some English, good-looking kid, exciting fights, undefeated at the time. Um, And, like, these last probably five years, it's just been not much going on. Yeah. Enjoy the weekend, folks. We'll see you all on Monday with another edition of MMA Junkie Radio. Big shout out to um, Billy Lowe, who reached out to me on Facebook the other day. And uh, he's a longtime listener of the show. And he was just asking about different ways to consume the show or whatever, because he's kind of been in and out through different eras he catches on spotify but a uh, big shout out to billy low longtime listener like and that. uh yeah and go out there and as always be a champion we'll talk to you soon <laughs>